gospel that opens a new book, the New Testament. It opens, introduces a new king, Jesus. And it introduces a new people, the church. Matthew is the only gospel that uses the name of the word church. It's in there twice. This gospel that is the opening to the New Testament and there's so much new, so many new things. In this gospel, Matthew devotes seven verses. Seven verses to the birth of Christ. Just seven. He just gives the story born in a manger. They laid him in a manger. And seven verses, he's done with that. And chapter two starts. And it is the story that happened a little while later of the wise men who came to the house where Jesus was. Skips past almost. Just, just makes it real short. Doesn't tell us about the shepherds who came and worshipped. But skips straight to in Matthew's gospel. He only tells us about the wise men who came and worshipped Jesus. And that's kind of interesting because Matthew is writing to the Jews. And yet, in Matthew's story, these pagan magi, astrologers, <coughs> wise men, come from, we think, Persia on the first Star Trek, following the star. They come searching for what they believe, seeing this star, is the one who is born king of the Jews. And they come and they worship. But they are pagan astrologers. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, Matthew's readers, his first readers, would have immediately associated them with Daniel's enemies in the Old Testament. And those are the folks that show up to worship Jesus. Amen. Are you tracking with me this morning? <coughs> Now, there's, a, there, there's, there's three characters in this story of the wise men. One of them is King Herod. Remember him? King Herod is the one who will try to kill the baby Jesus. He wants to destroy. He is in opposition to the king, right? But Herod is an Idumean, which means he is a descendant of Esau, representing the age-old battle that began in Rebekah's womb when Jacob and his brother Esau were struggling in the womb, right? It represents the age-old struggle between carnality and spirituality. Amen. Jacob could care less about the birthright. He just wanted some good stew. He didn't care anything about the blessing really, until after he lost it. But Jacob wanted it with everything within him. He risked much to go after it. And the Bible would later say, Jacob, have I loved and Esau, have I hated him. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he just didn't have a desire for things of God. And that's what's represented in Herod, who wants to kill this man. He is in total opposition to this child that is born king of the Jews. He's already killed his own family members because he was jealous and he thought they were trying to to plot. He, didn't, he wanted to wipe out anything that would threaten his thing he had going. So he was in opposition. There's a lot of folks today that don't, they're in opposition to the Lord because they don't want anything to mess with what they got going. Amen. Their lives. 
He represents the secular. Even today in politics and much of our world is at war and in opposition with God and the things of God and the righteousness of the Lord. Our, our, our Lord's uh, word from ancient times was that the land of Israel is given to the Jews. But today we want to boycott and divest and all that stuff. Those Jews who say, this is our land. Right? And, and, and almost every country of the world will vote again and again in the United Nations against Israel. There is an anger that rises up in them simply because they would, they, they would, they would dare to say God gave us this land. And it doesn't matter what politicians say. God said it. Oh, that something rose up in here. Something rose up in him. And he was in opposition. Then there's the religious leaders, the authority. Herod calls in all the, the scribes, the, the chief priests, and the Bible says the scribes of the people. He calls in these religious experts, gathered them together, most of whom by that time was already loyal to his agenda anyway, kind of bought and paid for, if you will. And, and the priests, well, they, they're able to point the way. Oh, yeah, there's a prophecy. We know about it. It's here. It says this is where he's going to be born. They're able to point the way to where he would be born. They have some knowledge. But they won't even go five miles down the road to Bethlehem. They would tell the Magi, representatives of the king of Persia, who come on this great journey, how to get there, they won't go five miles themselves to see him. What were they doing? They basically ignore him. There are those who oppose, because they got their own thing going on. Don't mess with that. I don't need Jesus in my life. He'll mess things up. And then there are those who simply ignore him. Right. Just just they they know some things about the Bible. They can even quote some scriptures. They can tell you the Christmas story. But they basically have no interest. They are ignoring him. These Gentiles sought him out. And Matthew makes no mistakes when he presents it this way. He wants his Jewish readers to see it wasn't your scribes. It wasn't your religious leaders. It wasn't you and your people that came to worship him, it was a bunch of pagan astrologers that That's came right. to worship him. And Matthew emphasizes that point two or three times, that they worshiped. That interesting. So now, then there is the wise men. The wise men came seeking. Magi. King James says wise men. Literally, it was magi. Sign of magis in the New Testament. The sorcerer. That's the same thing. Uh, same, same word. That's what was in the original text there. And, and so the, these men are they're they're, uh, they're they're the wise men who study the stars and try to determine the events that's going to happen. They see when they see a falling star, uh, they sometimes think that means that a great ruler is going to uh, fall out of power or die or be opposed or something. And so for that reason, in Rome, sometimes they killed astrologers uh, because the Caesars didn't want to have anyone. Stirring up the people because there was a fallen star and saying that it Caesar's going to fall. But but so but they were respected in much parts of the world and they were for their wisdom and their knowledge and everything. They were basically kind of like scientists of our day to some extent. But here they come representing the king of Persia. Their job is to make the king of Persia look good, right? But they come and they end up promoting 
the king of kings. Actually, the king of Persia in the Bible, two times at least, is known as called the king of kings. He called himself. The king of Persia claimed that title, king of kings. But these representatives of that king of kings came and bowed before the king of When they saw him, they recognized something that chief priests and rulers didn't even That's see. Right. They recognized something that politicians and people in power didn't see. They recognized something in Jesus and said, He's worth everything. We'll oh, yes. give to Him. We'll treasure Him. We'll bow before Him. That's what they were willing to do. And Matthew is pointing this out. He's, it, it must have rubbed his readers raw. It must have been, ooh. They must not have liked it when they read that part. <coughs> he doesn't even mention the shepherds. He goes straight to these magi. But they recognized him as the king of the Jews. They recognized him as the king of the Jews, they said. That, 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 that phrase is only used twice. Once by the wise men at Jesus' birth and once in his death when they put a sign up, king of the Jews. The wise men at his birth called him king of the Jews. Now that's a title that's in striking opposition to Herod. He thinks he is king of the Jews. And nobody is going to threaten Herod. He kills his own wife. He kills his own kids. Uh, nobody's going to threaten. He'll kill a hundred babies. He'll kill a thousand babies if he has to. He's not going to have another king of the Jews. But these wise men are seeking him. Gentiles. Outcast, if you will. These, these, they look different. They talk different. They, they probably dress very differently, these astrologers that came in. But, but, but Matthew wants his readers to know they might have looked different. They might have talked different. They might have smelled different. But they came and worshipped. Yes. Aren't you thankful for that? Yes. Amen. That's the message of Matthew. Amen. He would be called the Savior of the world in John 4 and 42. For the whole world. So Matthew presents worldly people coming. People of the world coming to Jesus. They were wealthy, no doubt. They were scholarly, no doubt. Yet they had been following that light. So Matthew's gospel in closing challenges our prejudices, folks. Really really does. It's a, it's a clarion call to the church. Amen. And we open up our eyes a little bit to understand that sometimes God calls pagans. Sometimes God calls folks that are very different from us. Right. And sometimes those folks will come and worship. Amen. Isn't it amazing how somebody who's just been forgiven of their sins, somebody who's just been born again of the water of the Spirit, Man, it don't matter what kind of life they come out of. They're, they're on the front seat. They're the worship. Amen. Amen. That's just the way. Because they, they've got so much to be thankful. They have recognized that they have found the King of Kings. That's right. And the Lord of Lords. Praise God. So, and listen, Matthew challenges our prejudice against pagans. Matthew challenges our prejudice that favors folks in power, politicians and people, people that have seem to have authority, people that seem to be looked to even in our own community and all of that. He said, Don't don't you be prejudiced by that. Just because they have a title 
just because they've been elected to some position, just because they uh, may be uh, may be heralded by the people and and popular in, in our culture, does not mean that they are worshipers and that they are truly recognizing Jesus for what He is. Matthew challenges the prejudice of that, that respects spiritually complacent religion. This is where I wrap it up here. You think about this must have been shocking to Matthew's readers. Amen. This ain't right. You mean those astrologers are the ones you're going to highlight? They're the ones you're going to talk about? You're not even going to talk about shepherds? You're not even going to talk? I can see the shock on their faces. It was scandalous. It was like reading a tabloid to them or something. Like, oh, that, that, that can't be. Why? Because they have been rocked to sleep by spiritually dead religion that was complacent. I mean, they could point, they could tell you stuff about the Bible. Man, they had studied it since the time they was born. They can even tell you where he's going to be born at, but they won't go five miles down the road to actually meet him. Have you ever met somebody, man, they can tell you all kinds of stuff about the Bible and blow your mind with their knowledge about the Bible, but they didn't know Jesus no more than the door. I'm That's talking right. about folks that are just religiously dead. I'm glad to know that we don't have to serve a God who is a God of dead religion. Jesus is a God. Amen. Amen. Matthew's story is surprising, and he is a surprising God. If you're surprised by what I've just told you about the story of the wise men today, make no mistake about it. God is just as surprising here today. That's right. Yes, he is. Amen. God, you come in here, you think you got it figured out? I can tell that story the kids were telling up there. I've seen it a hundred times, you know. Yeah, preach me something new. Well, that, that, that's kind of interesting. Good job, Pastor. Good job, Pastor. Would, would, I, I'm talking about a God today who is surprising. Amen. Without a doubt, some of y'all are going to open a present in the next few days and be surprised by what you find inside. <laughs> Last Sunday night, this church uh, recognized my wife, my family, myself, pastor, gave us some gifts and things at our church family Christmas thing. I opened a card, looked at what was in there, and it wasn't money. It was a gift card. It was a gift card to a particular uh, source for Bible stuff. And I'm going to take my mouth. Brother Mark, you saw me. <laughs> he was getting tickled at me. I was just in shock. It was the thing I really wanted, but I hadn't told nobody. Because my wife says, you got too many books. <laughs> and, 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 and then especially books that you can't even see on the shelf, you know. I mean. Right. <laughs> or money down a hole there. And it's the very thing I wanted more than anything <laughs> else for Christmas. And, 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 I, and I'm like, oh, yeah! I was surprised. Truly, I was blown away. I didn't even know y'all knew about that. I was blown away by that. But listen, our God today is a God who is not, he, he's not part of some kind of 
laid back, easy going. That's right. Just relax and take it easy. You know, church is just a, it's kind of like the country club or something. It makes you feel good to go. Amen. And, and, and no, he is a God that is surprising. Yes. Amen. He is a God that will shock you. He yeah. is a God that will wake you up out yes, of sleep. Right. Oh my, what in the world is going on here? That God is in this place today. Or the lesson that we got, amen. We, we must not be like wise men, or uh, I'm sorry, like the 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 religious leaders. Let's not be like those religious leaders that can tell the story. Right. It won't take five minutes to get in touch with God. That's right. Mm -hmm. He's just he's just another baby born. He's just. Uh, he, uh, yeah, that's down the road. It's, it's five blocks down. Five blocks down there. You go. That's where he's at. We've seen, we've seen stuff. We've been around. He's down there. And here's these wise men. And they've seen the star. They're, they're, they're now, it's interesting that no matter the revelation, the supernatural revelation that they got, they still had to consult with people that knew the scripture to find the baby. No matter how marvelous and mind-blowing it was, that star they was following, that revelation that, that they, they were getting from God, they would have never got there had it not been for somebody that could put their finger on the scripture and say, this is where he's born. Aren't you thankful for the word of God today? Amen. 